Hey there, this is B. Wendy Jackson. I wanted to quickly interrupt you before you listen to the next episode. Listen, thank you for your support with the podcast. Uh, those of you who've been following me since January 2020, I really appreciate you. I want to hear from you. You can send me a message at info at AAOP as in Paul, C as in Charlie, S as in Snake dot net. I would love to hear from you. Also, if you have not rated and reviewed the podcast, would you do that for me, please? It also allows people to find the, the podcast. Um, this is growing. The podcast is growing and I'm so excited. I've had to update my little commercial because my name has changed and my website has change in terms of where you receive the books. So if you have not purchased your books, uh, I got the opportunity and the gift to, to write two books. One of the first one is empowerment for you, encouragement for your emotional and spiritual wellness. Listen, I love this book. Um, it is definitely a book that invites you to experience hope, help, and healing. And every page, every chapter is really filled with um, insight, information, and inspiration to be able to help empower you, to be able to help you walk in freedom. I include specific practical tips to help you take charge and take possession of your thoughts and really, really um, just control your 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 behaviors or, uh, or impact your behaviors and impact some changes in your life, cause some changes in your life. And then the second book is Empower to Empower Your Reflection Workbook. Love this book as well because it's based on specific podcast episodes where you listen to some episodes and you are able to dive deep into some reflection. I give you some prompts so that you don't have to wonder or think about where, how do I start to reflect? What do I even write? The prompts are already provided for you. Isn't that awesome? So there are also blank pages for you to journal um, or whatever you want to do, right? And so I just invite you, you can go on Amazon and just look for Be Wendy. So I don't want to cause any confusion. My my maiden name is Bob. So people have known me for as Be Wendy Bob for so long. And then July, 2022, I was blessed to get married, to be married. And so now I'm Be Wendy Jackson. Uh, so Amazon, you could just search for the books, Be Wendy uh, Bob, and you will find those two books come up. If you have any questions, you could email me. Uh, you can also find the resources on my website, aaopcs.net. That's AAO, P as in Paul, C as in Charlie, S as in snake.net. Listen, I look forward to hearing from you. May the podcast, may the books continue to add value to your lives. Um, I just, I just, I'm really thankful for this opportunity to just encourage people all around the world. All right. Enjoy the next episode and have an amazing day on purpose. Hello, everyone. This is B. Wendy Jackson, the host of Empower to Empower You podcast. I hope that wherever you are in the world that you are feeling well. I'm so honored to be on, be here again. If you've been following the podcast since January 2020, thank you so much for those of you who've been sharing the episodes as well as subscribed. And if you've written a review, thank you so much. If you haven't written a review uh, for the podcast, feel free to do so. I'm so excited. If you're joining in for the first time, Empower to Empower You podcast is about all things Jesus Christ, mental health, anything to help you become the better version of yourself. Today, y'all, I'm excited because I have my friend and my sister, um, the CEO and founder of Overflow Productions. 
uh, Natasha Clay Hill. I am excited to have her here today. So Natasha, welcome to the <laughs> podcast. Well, thank you for having me, Miss Wendy. Howard, thank you. Yes, ma'am. I know we have tried to do this a couple of times, but this is, it's all about timing and perfect timing. So this is perfect timing because we know your steps are ordered by the Lord. (laughs) Yes. All right. So I'm going to let you kind of jump in and tell us just a little bit about you as well as, you know, your calling, your passion um, into Overflow Productions and how, how we got here. How we got here. Okay. <laughs> well, um, how we got here was uh, completely, totally inspiration by the Holy Ghost. Um, it was a dark time in life where I was going through and I was up crying every night. And one night the Holy Spirit spoke and said, get a pen and, and some paper and write. And I was like, right? Okay. So I got my pen, got my paper and I started listening and it was like, God just started speaking. Um, next thing I knew I was looking and I was seeing people, I was seeing characters, I was hearing voices, I was writing out the conversations and next thing I know, by the time I finished, I had a full play. Wow. So, um, totally inspirational, inspired by the Holy Spirit to write it. Um, I believe God has called me to write message driven thought provoking stage productions. Um, I don't write for entertainment. I write for ministry and to be a blessing to someone. Thank you so much. I love how I love how the Lord uh, kind of called you into this just by giving you a simple instruction: get a pen and paper. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> yes. So, t- two things: why the name Overflow Productions, and if you can tell people who may not be familiar, because people may be listening they are from everywhere, they're not, they're not just listening in Tennessee. Um, so why the name Overflow, Overflow, Overflow Productions and what is Overflow Productions about? The name Overflow came about because as I was, you know, just praying and and talking to God and thinking about, okay, so what am I going to name this? It's like my spirit was just overflowing with gratefulness, with joy, with passion with excitement it was just overflowing and so that's how the name came because I was just completely just overflowing and just thankful that you know God chose me you know um, because he didn't what he gave me he could have gave to someone else but he chose me and I don't take that for granted and I'm extremely thankful for that and I always try to do what I've always done when it comes to writing stage productions. Because, you know, that's something that the Holy Spirit spoke to me clearly. Always do what you've always done and you'll, you'll know, you'll stay on the right track. Meaning I pray first, I worship, I listen, and then I write. And it's written by inspiration. I don't just, you know, oh, I think I'll write a play about a man who, you know, marries a woman and have 15 kids and that'll be good. You know, I don't write like that. You know, it's it's something that's in me, like if I'm praying or even in conversation or even sometimes studying. And, you know, God speaks to me through all kinds of things, through a commercial, you know, through a scene in a movie, um, through a conversation with somebody. So, you know, it's just, it just, it just blows my mind sometimes what God gives me. <laughs> 
I love it. And I, I'm smiling. Y'all can, they cannot see our faces, but I'm smiling because, you know, I have been a participant and an active and inactive, right? Direct and direct, indirect participant, meaning have been in the seats, you know, watching the play and have actually served as a, as a cast member in your play. And y'all, the play, like literally, it's not just the play. It's not just a production. It is so impactful. It, it is ministry. And there's always a message that is relevant and relative to what people are experiencing. So, so, so tell us a little, I mean, I know you've mentioned that it is by Holy Ghost inspiration um, that God gives you, um, but tell us a little bit more about, you know, what do you want people to hear from your heart? What is Overflow Productions about? Like what sets this, what you do, your productions, your ministry um, in this creative way, apart from other people who do productions? Well, I would say for me, what I want people to get is a real life experience through a production. Uh, and because the a stage play, that's that's my pulpit. You know, we all we all are ministers and we're called in different areas. You know, mine is not necessarily a pulpit, but it's through a stage play. So people, what I want people to get is I want people to see God, you know, when they come to these plays. I want people to see um something that's relatable. Um, if even if it's not their own personal experience, then it may be, you know, someone in their family or a friend or co-workers, someone's experience where it's relatable and it encourages, it inspires, um, gives them revelation. Um, I've had people come back and say how relationships have changed, you know, with family members after they saw a production. They they I've had people come with tears in their eyes saying, that's me you know, that person in the play, that's me, you know, that's what I went through. And, you know, one of the things that we try to do is at the end, give a, resol a resolution. You know, we want, we don't want to just rip the bandaid off of a problem and then just leave it at that, but actually give you some guidance, you know, um, whether it's strengthening your relationship with God, or if it's getting you some mental health counseling, or if it's going back and um, having a conversation with those that you've hurt or those that you've offended and restore relationships. Relationships have been restored, you know, after seeing some of these plays. So that's what it's all about. You know, I want people to get tools that they could use in everyday life. I want people to be inspired, encouraged, uplifted, and I want people to be pointed to Jesus. Amen. And that is exactly what happens with each of your uh, productions for sure. You know, at, at some point there was a shift in, in your productions um, in terms of including mental health. And I think this is what a perfect time because May, as we know, is considered Mental Health Awareness Month. And so this is going to come out, um, be live in the month of May, during the month of May. Um, but it's always relevant no matter what month. And so at what point did your Tell us about the why the shift happened to include focusing on um, mental health. Um, the shift occurred like right after the pandemic, because I would say right after the pandemic, when when the um, when we opened back up and started back going to church and going to schools and going to, you know, um, because I was while we were in it, you know, even like myself, you know, when I was shut down working from home. Uh, limited in where I could go. I think the grocery store and the gas station was the only places that I went, basically. Um, and so just being shut down and being isolated from people, 
being cut off from humanity. And, you know, I look at my mental health and how when we open back up, things were different. It's like our humanity was affected. We no longer hug and embrace people when people we haven't seen, or, you know, we no longer embrace, you know, they were doing the, the fist pumps and the elbow pumps and the, the waving from six feet. You know, it was like that human contact was no longer there. Um, and, and like, even for me, like for me, church was different, you know, because when the church first opened back up, you know, we're, we're sitting pews apart, we're sitting six feet apart. We're not congregating and hugging and talking before or after church, you know, and it's like, for some people, church is where we go on Sunday to get that love hug. Church is where we go to, to fellowship, you know, and feel welcome and to feel, you know, a part of something big, you know, and in, in, in a sense that was taken away. So, you know, it's kind of like a struggle for me. And I was like, well, my God, what about the kids that don't know how to express themselves? Their mental has to be affected. Um, some people um, share with me stories about how their children changed, you know, um, from one moment, they're a good student. After the pandemic and they go back to school, now they're fighting, now they're angry, they're running away, you know, they're being disruptive. And I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm thinking there had to be, in some cases, a direct impact from COVID and the shutdown. Mm -hmm. So I, of course, you know, like I said, I always want to do something to help. And so I took one of the uh, productions that we'd already done before, which was when no one is listening, and took that and made that more of a focal point regarding mental health and to bridge the gap between the community and resources to get the help. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, you're, you're so right because the impact was a very strong impact for sure. And visible, uh, a lot of visible effects mm -hmm. for kids as well as for adults, um, for sure. And so when, when no one is listening, <laughs> let's just start there. You know, that is, that is a play that is specifically um, targets families and teenagers and youth. And so talk about the impact of that message that that has had on people that have attended attended that production has seen the production the impact that that has had is made them more aware because mm -hmm. um, when we say no one is listening you know i like to say well, when we say no one is listening we're not just talking about listening to the words that's coming out of my mouth are you listening to my body language are you listening to my tone are you listening to my eyes are you listening to a change in my behavior are you listening because sometimes we people are sitting next to someone that's really literally dying on the inside. But if that person doesn't verbalize that or vocalize it, and if you're not paying attention or you're not listening to the signs, then you'll miss it. Mm -hmm. So that has been one of the things why, you know, to me, like I said, when no one is listening, it's so important because people actually come to me after and they share different testimonies about, I remember in that play when, when no one is listening and, and you know, it said that this something was going on with this child and the mother didn't know. Well, I had a situation where this was going on and, you know, and it's like, wow. So they're actually using the whole concept of when no one is listening as a tool to help with their communication. You know, one of the key words that you mentioned is awareness. And one of the things that I believe is that awareness makes us responsible. And, 
you know, and I, and I, and I, let me, let me go back and, and, and add to, you know, it's not just for families, right? Like this is for any person who interfaces or interacts with a child, with a, with a teenager from, from, from the church to the school, from the school to the marketplace. Would you say that? Like, can you speak to, to, to that as well? Well, yes. Well, really for that, you know, um, after, like this last time I did it and after speaking with a, a, a professional in the mental health industry, um, they they even broadened my mindset to say, you know what, how are you, who is your audience? Who is your target audience? You know, and, and in my mind, because, you know, there are two two scenes in there where it's a classroom scene where the kids are communicating with the teacher. And then there are other scenes where, you know, the grandmother and the mother are talking to the kids. So, you know, that's why my my my, my original focus was the communication with kids and the breakdown between them and adults. Mm-hmm. But like I said, after talking to this industry professional, you know, they say, you know, actually this is something good for people who work in mental health, people who work in counseling, uh, people who work with you, um, those professionals, because what this play does is it shows them how to identify signs of breakdowns in today's youth and what they're experiencing. Because believe it or not, sometimes a counselor can miss it. You know, if they're not asking the right questions or not paying attention to the right things. So um, I would just say, you know, it's not just for you. I would say it's for everybody. It's for humanity, you know, because it can address, um, could break down the communication in your relationships with your children, with your parents, okay, with other adults, because it's all about us listening to each other and being there for each other. Because what I hate to see is people suffer in silence and then unfortunately maybe commit suicide and then to hear the families that are left behind and say you know what I should have known something was wrong when they did this or I should have did more or I should have talked to them more when I saw that they started doing that so you know it's really just something just to help us help everybody because everybody um mental health doesn't mean that you're you're crazy you know, mental health is just that, you know, it's health for your mental. And we all have it, right? Just like we say your physical health. You know, you work out, you exercise, you eat right. You know, if there's a pain in your body, you know, you go to the doctor, you know, oh God, my, my blood pressure's up. You go see a doctor. Oh, I had this pain in my side. You go see a doctor. What about when your mind is hurting? What about when you're hurting on the inside things that people can't see? What about going and getting some help for that? That's your mental help so we should um have more awareness about that and especially in the afro-american community you know remove the label and the stigma and making it something that's negative and something that's bad because sometimes um you can not only save your life but you can save the lives of others when you are where you need to be mentally and you're stable you know and you could be a more productive person and you know in life uh, a more effective parent a more effective worker. You know, there's so many things that you can improve just by you being in the right mental space. That's right. Because if you don't deal with your mental health, it, number one, it deals with you, but also it it also causes havoc in relationships with other people. 
you know, when you were speaking, two things came into my mind. Number one, uh, ACEs, you know, the trauma-informed care training. What one of the one of the premise, the 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 premise of that training is looking at people from a perspective of what happened to you and not what's wrong with you, right? And so if we could, if we can move away from the what's wrong with you, why are you acting like that? To what happened to you, and we need to know more about the story of what somebody has experienced. And you and I know everybody has a story. Everybody. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, yes. And then the other thing that came to my mind when you were speaking is basically getting people in, in counseling, we call, there's a, there's a set of tools that we teach our clients called, and we have to model, is active listening, right? It's not, okay. listening, to, it's not listening to respond, it's listening to understand. So I'm listening to the nonverbals, I'm watching the verbals, I'm, as you said, I'm, I'm listening with my heart, I'm listening with my spirit. It's Am I actively present and listening or am I distracted on my phone, looking around, thinking about what's the next thing to say? You know, right. listening is a skill that has mm-hmm. to be taught in practice, right? And so if, if that, that, that's great that you even teach that even through your productions. Um, so if you can kind of uh, pivot and, and talk about, you know, families, you talked about the impact. I'm just so thankful for your obedience. I'm thankful for the, the stage productions. I know that y'all are going places. God is opening the door for you. Praise the Lord. So how can, what's your call to action? And who is your call to action for when it comes to overflow productions? Um, Everybody. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> literally, literally everyone. Um, the call to action is for everyone. Um. I just, I don't know. I don't even really know how to, where to start because sometimes it's just so overwhelming. You know, mm-hmm. when you think about the things that, that aren't said, you know, you have breakdown in communication where weeks, months, years are lost, you know, from you having the ability to have a health relationship with someone because certain things weren't said. Um, and then like back to what you were saying about listening with the intent to understand versus listening with the intent to respond, because sometimes that's what we're doing. Like you're saying, that's what we're doing. You know, you're up here and you're expressing yourself. But if the person that you're trying to express yourself to, if they just wait for you to take a breath so they can jump in and give their response, like, well, I did this because you you know, if that's where their focus is, then they're not listening to understand where you're coming from. So if you you take a step back and you actually listen and try to understand, and if you can repeat, say, okay, so to make sure that I'm clear, what you're saying is, I hurt your feelings when I did this. And this hurt your feelings because when I did this, it caused this and it caused you to think that, right? If we would just take those extra steps in our communication, like I said, across the board, you know, at work, at church, you know, in organizations, in your community, at school, at home, the world would be a better place if we would all communicate better um, and be there more for each other. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't think I answered your question. That's okay, but the, what I'm hearing is the call to action is for everybody, it's how can we take steps to communicate more effectively 
communicate more actively. Even what you said, what you described is part of active listening. It's called reflective listening. Is what I heard you say. Checking for understanding, um, not making assumptions. You know, really taking time to to be patient and learn the other person's perspective. So that's a call to action for everybody, right? Is is how can we take the steps, learn. Uh, get wisdom. The Bible says in all that getting, get understanding, <laughs> get wisdom and get understanding about how to communicate effectively so that we can be strategically used for the kingdom and yeah. be able to make impact and change. Right. So that's, so what I'm hearing you say, yes, that's the call to action for everybody. Right. On another, in addition to that, when it comes to overflow, overflow productions, is there a call to action in regards to your, 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 you know, for example, potential cast members or potential supporters? Like what is your other call to action as well? I would say the call to action would be to help spread the word because um, to spread the effectiveness of Overflow Productions. Um, we recently did a production over in Forest City, Arkansas. And there was um, an audience members that was there. And I think they were from Little Rock, Arkansas. And someone shared with me where they said, you know, this play needs to tour the entire state of Arkansas. Mm -hmm. So what I heard them saying is, you know, this message is so impactful. Everybody in Arkansas needs to hear this message, not just one little city, but everybody needs to get this because there was so much that was gained out of that whole experience for so many people that were there. So, you know, I would say that, you know, as far as that's concerned is support, you know, and so that's another thing. Um, sometimes with smaller production companies, such as myself, you know, there's a, a need for more support. You know, sometimes, you know, it's there, you know, what you need when you need it. And sometimes, you know, it's a bit of a, a stretch, a stretch, but um, since I do wholeheartedly believe this is what God called me to do, of course, I'm not going to quit. And I do have support. Don't, I don't want to, you know, say that I don't, you know, I have my family, you know, my mom and my sisters and brothers, you know, and, and, and close friends that are very supportive of uh, what we're doing. But on a larger scale, I think if the people in that are listening to this would share, you know, um, example, I would like to start touring in the schools, like take this play toured in a school, you know, bring out, bring all the kids out of the classroom, let them look at this. And then behind it, you know, you have a panel that can speak to them directly in the moment, you know, right there in that moment regarding how they feel about listening, because some of the voice that the youth have today is not the same voice they had 15, 20 years ago. And the teachers that we have today are not the same teachers we had 15, 20 years ago. And with that, and the reason why I say that is because I think that just like our, you know, mental health and everything is affected, I think sometimes people forget that the teachers and administrators in the school that's dealing with our youth, sometimes we forget they're human too. Sometimes we forget they have, you know, concerns and pain and, you know, things that they're dealing with. And then when the youth come in, it's like, they're talking another language. And sometimes it's like the teachers in that moment, some don't have the, uh, um, I don't wanna say the empathy, but some of them don't have the capacity in that moment to understand what this child is saying, because it's, it's literally like they talking another language almost today's youth. It's almost like they're talking another language. So um, 
we're in the age of it's no longer do what I say. You know, don't worry about what I do, but do what I say. Today is you, they'll do what you say, but they're looking at what you're doing. And if what you're doing is not lining up with what you're saying, then their listening to you is going to be limited. You know, because I was talking with an administrator just last week and she was saying that uh, they had a situation where a student and a parent were in there and the student were saying, y'all teachers don't listen to us. You know, they say, y'all be y'all nice when, you know, like my parents or when we have visitors in school, y'all y'all talk to us nice. But when there's no visitors here, you know, y'all don't listen to us and y'all don't talk right to us. Okay. And so there's a division there. So you think about how many hours the teachers are with the to, uh, together with the students. And it's almost like there's a division. The teachers feel like the students aren't listening to them and the students feel like the teachers are not listening to them. So in that scenario, can you tell me how can we, if, if neither side is listening, how can we expect to have a good outcome? How can I really expect the child to go and get a great education? Yeah. You know, how can I really expect them to grow to be completely healthy, you know, um, productive citizens you know, how can I really expect that for them to be whole, so to speak, when um, a majority, because they spend more time with the teachers in some cases than they do with their parents. Right. Right, so, right. Teachers, so that relationship is very impactful and is very important. And I would like for there to be more focus on not just getting help for the students, but getting help for the teachers as well, like getting some teacher support programs, you know, where they're... Um, helping the teachers and letting them know that, you know, you're not alone because with, you know, here again, back with COVID, you know, uh, especially like here in Memphis, breaking in cars is a, is, a, is, is, is a thing now, you know, snatch and grab where they're, you know, breaking in windows and grabbing people's merchandise. Um, and now they're, they're hitting the schools. So how do you think a teacher feels? I make the sacrifice to come to this job every day to try to teach these kids and then somebody, somebody's out here breaking in my car. Cause you know, this, the last school I heard about, it was like 15, 20 cars, teachers' cars were, you know, broken into. And now I believe it's happened more than once at a school. So it's like, okay, so now, now this, you see what I'm saying? So you have all this going on. How do we come together and, 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 and solve this type of problem? And, you know, I think at the core, you know, it is communication. It is, and it takes a lot of advocacy, right? Right. It takes a lot of people. It takes a lot of advocacy, and somebody to be literally in the gap to say this is what's necessary. And I know for sure one school. There may be there may be several. One school where I have a friend who's a, um, a licensed clinical social worker um, in Perea that that she's advocated over and over and over again for teachers to have a mental health support in the school. And so for several years, they do have that mental health support specifically for the teachers because it is so needed. And so it yeah. takes a lot of communication. It takes a lot of consistent advocacy and it, it takes a lot of um, uh, just a voice and a heart for, behind that. Um, if we can, because I know we're kind of running out of time. I just I always love to talk with you. Uh, tell us a little bit about what events you have coming up. And also, you know, when you said people can support you, you know, sh share your website, you know, where can people go to support you? Where can they follow you on your social media accounts? But first, tell us what events you have coming up. Well, we are in, we have a new stage play. Alert, alert. New, new, new. Yeah. Um, and it's called Who Dropped You? Ooh. Okay. So yeah, so we have the Who Dropped You play coming up. We're currently looking uh, to secure a venue 
So, you know, we're looking to do that play in maybe August, late July, August is when we're looking to do that. But then we're also heading back over to Forest City, Arkansas to do another production um, August or September as well. So right now, those are the two things um, that's on the agenda. Wonderful. And um, yeah, and then after that, you know, after we do the Who Dropped You, the stage play, um, we're going to do a Who Dropped You conference. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And it's going to be a different, it's not going to be a traditional conference. I don't want to give it all away. I'll give it all away. But uh, when I tell you it's going to be different, you know, it's, it's not going to be when you come and you sit and you listen to a speaker speak for three hours straight. You know, it, it's not going to be a traditional conference. Um, but it is going to address the who dropped you, meaning um, who dropped you and emotionally damaged you. You know, because there's so many people that are walking around, they're handicapped from their brokenness and their drops. Mm -hmm. And they've allowed that to limit what they're doing you know in life mm -hmm. and i just want people to recognize that you know just like mephibosheth in the bible you know he was dropped he was lame in two legs right and when king david sent for him you know the first thing he says is what you want with a dead dog like me he didn't see the value of who he was i mean he was the, the grandson of a king he had I, royal blood in his back. I think Lodabar. <laughs> yeah, Lodabar out there hanging in the hood. You know, that's what I call Lodabar. He out there in the hood. <laughs> and he didn't see the, the, the value of who he was. So how many people out there because of broken marriages or because of, you know, you know different traumas, you know, they're broken and they don't see it's like, man, if you would just clean them filters and see how amazing you are. Oh my God, you would give the, the, the devil some trouble. And that's what he's hoping. He's hoping that we will never see the true capacity of who we can be and who we are. If we never see that, then we'll never go out and do things that God has called us to do. We'll do it on some level, but we'll never go to higher levels of height. So with who dropped you, you know, that's what we want to bring awareness of uh like 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 lady, do you know who you are? You know, yeah, it happened to you. Yeah, your arm was broke, but guess what? You reset that bone and put it in a cast and that thing a heal. <laughs> you, work out, you get your strength back and you can go on and do what you need to do. Listen, that is going to be so powerful. It's already powerful. It's already powerful. Wow. Okay. I'm let me let me move forward because we're never gonna end. I'm excited. I cannot wait for that to to to, to be live. All right. Where can people follow you, find you? How can they connect with you? Give us the deep. Well, I am on Facebook, Natasha Clay Hill. I also have a Overflow Productions Facebook page, O-V-A-F-L-O-W Productions. And then we also have the website, www.ova. F L O W productions.com. Awesome. Great. I'm going to put that on the show notes. Natasha, is there anything that I didn't ask you that you wish to share? If you could take a minute, if there's anything that you want to share in, in a minute or so. Um, I would just say, um, God loves you. Mm. You know, I love you. Um, I would say, 
for those that don't have a relationship with Christ, I would recommend that you get a relationship with him. And for those that feel like maybe that's something that's hard, because see, some people I believe don't have a relationship with Christ because they think, oh, I can't, I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, I got to make sure that I'm in church. I got to make sure that I'm praying five hours a day. I got to make sure that I'm dressing holy. I'm that you have to be perfect. That's not it. Just like we're sitting here talking. That's how you start your relationship with Christ. You sit and you talk to him and you ask him for wisdom and all that getting, get wisdom, get an understanding. God, I don't, you know, you could, I don't, you could say, God, I don't know how to be a Christian. Can you show me? He can show you in his word. He can lead you to a church, you know, where there are people there, that pastor that can teach you, you know? Um, so I would just say, we're in the end times, I do believe. And I think that one of the most important things for most, one of the most important things you should do is have a relationship with Christ, a real relationship, not just go to church on Sundays, just to say, hey, I, I go to church every Sunday, but to actually walk out and live the life of a Christian and actually have a relationship with Christ, have love and empathy and concern for, for people other than just the people in your circle, but for people in the world. See people the way Christ see people. Absolutely. You know, I think that would benefit us all if we would kind of start looking at people because God sees us all as his little, his little babies, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Natasha, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining the Empower to Empower You podcast. Y'all, I want you to definitely follow Natasha Overflow Productions. I'm going to put that all in the show notes so that you can be uh, informed of her upcoming event events. You do not want to miss out on, a, on one of her productions. So I want you to kind of blow her up, follow her, pray for her, support her, However you can support, support. We all have a role. There's no excuse for us to, to learn how to communicate effectively. There's something for everybody when it comes to the call to action. So this is B. Wendy Jackson with the Empower to Empower You podcast. Uh, thank you so much and have an amazing day on purpose. <laughs>